Attention. The movie guys love movies. Any comments about a high-profile celebrity divorce leading to the end of a string of great movies are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right, Ben Affleck? Topical. That's probably lost in the national conversation about the Affleck-Garner divorce. We might be done with all the great movies. Because oh, his good the, the Paltrow, the Paltrow Lopez era, nothing bounce, yeah. Geely, yeah, forces yeah, yeah. of nature, nothing to get excited about. Gets with Garner, all the good stuff happens. Argo, Gone oh. Girl, yeah, Argo, Gone Girl. I, I mean, he's he's, ha- he's had my heart since. I mean, the two of them have had my heart since Daredevil. I mean, you meet well, <laughs> you meet on the set of Daredevil. Well, it's probably doomed, but <laughs> <laughs> and I still haven't seen it. And you now that I've seen, seen Daredevil, the, now that I've seen four episodes of the Netflix show, I don't think I'm going to go back. And oh, watch it. No. Now, now is the time to watch it. Only after you've seen X Men Two can you go back and watch Batman and Robin. That's just my personal crest. What? Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's a long story. Oh, okay. I've told it here before. You have? Yeah. X Men Two. Well, at that time there was just nothing. I mean, there just weren't that many superhero movies, obviously, and just not that many good ones. Oh, I see. So X Men Two was so good. I, I had let up all day. I, you know me. I watched X-Men, and I watched at that time. I don't know. Who knows what the hell I watched? There wasn't much. I watched Blade, and I watched <laughs> The Phantom, and then I went and saw X-Men 2. And it was the best superhero movie ever made, yep. in my estimation. I was so blown away by it that I went home, and I was like, how do I come down from this? And it was the first time since the theaters that I watched Batman and Robin. And I was like, this is the perfect thing to watch. And that's when I made my peace with Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin. John Schnepp wasn't buying it at the uh, screening. That's the only question I asked. I go, do you actually kind of uh, like Batman and Robin? John <laughs> Schnepp goes, get out of here. You get so mad. <laughs> He's the director of Superman Lives uh, documentary we'll talk about later. No, oh, we will. All right. Well, listen, welcome to the Movie Showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guy's empire. I was thinking of the immortal words of Socrates who Mm-mm. said, I drank what? <laughs> You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with jokes, rants, sketches, characters, bits, special guests, and more as we broadcast from... The Admirals Club, in the heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone. They don't stop making movies, so we don't stop making comedy shows about movies, which means you can get a new show every week. iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Vimeo, YouTube, Player.fm, tune in, and of course, themovieguys.net, absolutely free. And we encourage you to subscribe, especially at iTunes, share and like posts, rate us, leave a review, do what you gotta, we appreciate it. Still... No charge. See? No pressure there. No. We're also on WBAD.net for free. Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern at 1 p.m. Pacific and iRiseRadio.com Fridays at noon Eastern. Right before you go out to see the uh, big time that's, weekend movies, we're right there on the on the internet radio. That's drive time internet radio, right? You Afternoon be. drive, right? When you're driving the internet <laughs> yes, around exactly. town. What drives the internet? Well, we do. Yeah, it, it's certain hours of the day. <laughs> Just search the movie guys, basically, on the internets and Googles. We come right up. I'm your host for the hardest working comedy show in the airwaves, Paul Preston, here with Adam Witt. He is but one, but you are three. Or four if you count him twice. And that's it for your hosts. Uh, thin, <laughs> thin herd again this week, but program note, we will be all together again next week. After all this craziness of uh, Karen and I mounting a musical, and Karen's working. off working with the Boubet sisters, nine to five. and 9 to 5 is opening this weekend. And uh, the daytime shoots have meant Bart couldn't be here for a while, but we're all back together next week, so don't miss that. But this week, let's make with the special guest. We're joined in studio by a longtime member of Orange County's most popular late-night improv show, yeah. Improv Schmimprov. Wow. Drew Boudreaux is with hey, us. Hey, Boudreaux Schmoudreaux. <laughs> let's see what you did. That's my nickname in college. Boudreaux Schmoudreaux? No. 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 <laughs> I was going to say. Starting now. It would just be too weird that, that, would that be. you suddenly end up in that show. <laughs> 
<laughs> Nicknames should not double the length of your name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as ever, we preview the new films coming out in theaters. Count on us to come back to uh, every week. For that's what we're talking about. What's opening in theaters? For example, this week we'll be talking about Minions, what nobody is calling the U.S. Marshals of Animation. <laughs> you stop I it. I get that. I joke. loved U.S. Marshals. I liked U.S. Marshals. <laughs> you were in U.S. Marshals. My shoulder was in U.S. Marshals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. I know. I'm in a coffee shop with Wesley Snipes. I only use my shoulder. I'm like, really? He could frame it just a little more. <laughs> yeah. Starbucks on Southport. Yeah. That's when we were in Chicago, Drew. Yeah. Uh, the, oh. ga- uh, the Gallows also coming out. That's got to be a comedy, right? Nothing like Gallows humor. Oh. <laughs> no noose is good noose. Oh. <laughs> Thank God. Oh. Thank God I see what you did there. I'm so glad it's not a comedy. <laughs> and finally, the summer movie that answers the question, so what's Ryan Reynolds up to? Mr. Hale, it's an honor. The man who built New York. People will insist that your buildings make you immortal. Gravitas. you slip away. Do you feel immortal? We offer humanity's greatest minds more time to fulfill their potential. Designed to offer you the very best of the human experience. It's alive. An empty vessel. An empty vessel. Ryan Reynolds will... An empty vessel. Ben Kingsley will be deposited into, and that's your movie, Selfless. Two of every animal will go into Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) Yes, for the benefit of mankind and saving us. Ryan, we need to cast someone as an empty vessel. We thought you'd you'd be good. You'd be good. <laughs> I think I was in Van Wilder, right? Right? Okay. <laughs> oh, good. He's an empty vessel. You ever vessel. watch one of those Tarsim Singh movies? I have to admit I have not. What? Like the Cell. He made The Cell. That is, oh, The even. Cell is weirdo. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, like The Cell, this. but yeah, it's the director of uh, a couple popular music videos. He did a Nine Inch Nails video, and I think he did Losing My Religion, which had all kinds of weird oh, imagery, yeah. right? The angels and all that sort yeah, of yeah. stuff. Yeah, it kind of looks like that. Well, the last time I was skeptical of a music video director doing a feature film was Michel Gondry doing Eternal Sunshine, and that's got to be my top ten. So yes. now I have high expectations for Selfless. Take a brave man <laughs> oh, to admit how wrong he was about Michel Gondry. <laughs> Wait, is Michel Gondry doing no. Selfless? No, no, no. Or Tarsem Singh? Tarsem Singh oh, is doing Selfless. Oh, okay. I was like, but I, now I, he's saying... Music video director. I mean, David Fincher. I mean, we could go on. There's sure, plenty yeah, of people yeah, yeah, that yeah, came yeah. over well, yeah, yeah, yeah. but Absol- then there's plenty obviously. of shit to bet as well. Yeah. Phil Juno working anywhere these days, anybody? <laughs> no. Sadly. Juanu. Is that what it is? I think so. Rattling Hum. Who the hell? Yeah, that's him. Yeah. I think we went to college with George Lucas. We're on <laughs> a tangent. Shot some stuff for huge guys. <laughs> went away. Yeah. Uh, oh, speaking of tangents, let's get to some sad news. Uh, Jerry Weintraub passed away. Oh, so that's what my friend meant when she said that the director of Karate Kid had died. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, you mentioned that, that that text was incorrect. You would be correct. I was like, oh, it's so sad. John Avildsen, no, no. response. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, the producer of Karate Kid passed yeah. away and producer of uh, Ocean's Eleven and Diner, among did, other things. Did he also do that book, What Happened? Uh, I, can't, I can't remember the title of it, but... Uh, Robert De Niro played a movie producer in a movie where Bruce Willis wouldn't wear a wig. Do you know what I'm yeah, talking yeah. about? It's like, so that's what happened or something? Is, yeah. what it's called. is that Jerry Weintraub? So that, so that happened? No. Yeah. Anyway. You're thinking of what happened to Baby Jane. Oh, I think I am. Sure. Let's just say that. Because <laughs> then we can get out of our, re- our bad references that we're fucking up. Uh, yeah. He also, I mean, he had quite a life. There's a documentary about him out there that went to HBO. I, oh, really? I missed it, but apparently I'll he had quite a life. He managed Dylan. He managed Sinatra. Oh, and he went into the wow. movies and he, you know. And he had a heart attack at 77 from doing too much stuff, I guess. Just, he should stay home. Is what you, if you learned anything, kids. 
don't have been famous in the eighties is I think I think the <laughs> yeah. I think the uh, advice it just yeah. wears you out. Watch your ass, Gutenberg. <laughs> <laughs> um, other sad news: it is also the death of, and I don't know if you knew this, the dissolve. Oh, the website? Yeah. Oh, because I just hanging it up after uh, just two years out there. Boy, see, I, that was what gave me some faith in film journalism. Uh, now I had heard that Nathan Rabin, who was my kind of connection to it, I knew him from the AV Club, had left, and I was like, oh wow, that's kind of weird to leave. Well, now. This, oh, is that right? this explains it. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate film criticism, the very kind of concept of film criticism. I don't even know why that should be applauded in a way. Like, I'm going to criticize that film. In fact, I'm going to create a label for myself in which I'm a critic. Like, just, ah, I don't know. But I like that they were kind of proudly film journalists and they were exploring things and celebrating film all the time. They very rarely were critical, which I, I, I just don't think film deserves that as much as it gets. And they were often uh, writing about things that other people weren't. So that's key too, you know. Just what do you think was the downfall? I don't know. I didn't read about. It. I just saw. You know, it was one of those Twitter yeah. things. I clicked on it. I saw what happened. Prepping for the show, I didn't have time to go in depth. We're not a news organization. I mean, I right? don't know. I mean, how do you make? Uh, uh, I have this just in. Uh, breaking <laughs> off the wire. Oh yeah. No, nothing. <laughs> we have nothing here. The we wire's been canceled. No. <laughs> we, have, we barely have Wi-Fi in the Admirals Club. You're not going to get the news fed through. I mean, I don't know how you generate money with the uh, with the dissolve. I'm not sure. I mean, that when that venture happened, I mean, I just I don't know. How do you make money with that? You know, I mean, we're we're a small operation that talks about movies, but we have low overhead. I don't know. They were hiring people from the AV Club and you know things like that. So yeah. I don't know. Not sure how you do. That's too bad. Yeah, because they were uh, they were good writings. They were, they were, yeah. yes, and they would write for our point of view. I mean, they were. Ah, oh God, I wish I could think of some of the crazy titles for the for the things they had. But it was like these critical analyses of movies that you're just like, only I would think to critically analyze that, and they have a whole article on it. So you know, whatever. You know, uh, through the magic of. Um our recording devices, I bet you we could stop, find out what they are, and then you can miraculously remember them. <laughs> I bet you I could. Oh, here they are. Right. So, Adam, did your memory jog at all? My memory did jog, almost digitally. In fact, uh, Terrence Malick, voiceover artist, I think is a great title. <laughs> uh, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer gave superhero movies their dullest apocalypse. Of course, I'm a fan of superhero movies, yep. so I just think that sort of stuff. Uh, Back to the Future, now the last Hollywood franchise, not actively planning a, sequ- a, uh, a reboot. Sequel or remake? I think that's a good analysis. Uh, We're losing all of our strong female characters to, what was it called? Trinity? Trinity Syndrome. Trinity Syndrome. Trinity so Syndrome. That's yeah. a, good, take, a good analysis. You take your central character, and then you supplement her with a guy. And then you put the girl where she's still strong-ish, but her only job is to support the male uh, main character, right? Right. Kind of like the Black Widow thing. Yeah. Yeah, the, the photos here include, uh, what's her name, um, from The Hobbit, the chick from... Oh, Evangeline Lilly. Evangeline Lilly, thank you, up from yeah. Lost. Yeah. I try and forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, and then the, the girl from Lego Movie, believe it or not, and the animated characters from Lego Movie and um, How to Train Your Dragon 2. So, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're toughening them up. I assume these are all still archived at uh, at the dissolve.com. Here's one of my favorites. Now, this is literally an article that I think only I'm interested in because I'm obsessed with Steven Soderbergh's arcs in his career. He has a career with a lot of arcs. Soderbergh, The Wilderness Years. And this is this is a discussion of the years after he won the Sundance. So he immediately tried to lose all of his popularity with sexualizing and videotape by going and doing King of the Hill. He did a... Uh, Kafka. Kafka, yeah. right? And so this is just an analysis of his wilderness years, which is everything up to out of sight. I mean, I just like, that's an analysis that like, I'm interested in that. Um, 
Noah Baumbach's difficult second act. That's another career I'm interested in because, yes, he came out of the gate strong. He had this wilderness period as well. And then a, a more recent resurgence. So anyway, that's just the sort of stuff. Jaws and the Sound of Dread and Wonder. So that's an analysis of the of audio techniques in Jaws. I mean, th- these guys were good. I, it's, it's too bad. And then they would just do regular news and stuff like that. <coughs> Sa- here, sadly, because of the various challenges inherent in launching a freestanding website in a crowded publishing environment, mm. financial and otherwise, today's the last day we'll be doing that. Said the editorial director, Keith Phipps. Uh, He's done. Bad. That is too bad. I was a big supporter. How Plan 9 from Outer Space earned and lost the title of worst movie of all time. Up my alley, what right? What a great article. Oh, I like that idea. Here you go. Here's one. This is a great list. What a, what a list. The Dissolve on our favorite mindfuck movies. Oh. <laughs> so, of course, we're talking what about... What we got? Uh, well, we've got that... Uh, let's see. We got Primer. We got, have you seen Primer? Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, Southland Tales, uh, Donnie Darko, Synecdoche, New York, Vanilla Sky. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's just... U-Turn. Uh, U-Turn. Oh, God. I forgot about that one. And, uh, and what I wanted to say was that... Uh, um, Oh, and this is this is exact. Requiem for a Dream is intense, but is it great? To which I answer, no. And I've always said no. Oh, it's not I that say great yes. A movie. Oh, we should have a good mm-hmm. argument. Uh, false. That's not that great a movie. So the dissolve. Oh, it's a great movie. movie. My outnumbered. That is the incorrect answer. It is a great is movie. The oh, there you go. Okay. Here's, right. here's how good it was. Another chance. I had in 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 grade six. I had three sheriff's deputies come in at three separate times of the year to tell us the the perils of drug use, and they would show us gritty. You know, pictures and they have you know old crackhead Bob come in and say, "Oh, you used to be a crackhead." <laughs> and all I was thinking was, "Well, I want to give that a shot." <laughs> and then Requiem for a Dream, yeah, hour and a half. I went, "Well, romance is gone, buddy. <laughs> yep. Never in my life, never doing do that. I want to be uh, Ellen. What's her name? Uh, Burston. Ellen Burston. Nope. Mm-hmm. Or Marlon Wayans. Well, see, my problem is speed does not make refrigerators come to life. That's acid." She, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, like, like anything could happen because you're doing "quote unquote" drugs trademark copyright. There's, like, your, there's your, there's your first article for the new website you launched to replace yeah. the dissolve. Yeah, the inconsistencies in drug use hallucinations in movies. There you go. Also, I would like to say there's an article called "The Long Warm Up to Heat," and they did uh, a, a, an entire week on Michael Mann's heat. Uh, I can't remember what this was the lead up to. Maybe Michael Mann's black hat, I think. Uh, but uh, they just talked about the heat and uh, that the, that Michael Mann did a TV movie before he did the he did heat. Uh, that was the same plot and everything. And so just the anyway, it's just like it's again, it's an analysis like if you if you think like me and uh, and I did want to say that they would they would never, ever write or if you're Ricky Carmona, right? Our guest whose favorite movie of all time was heat. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Ricky Carmona. Uh, and then the one thing I wanted to say is that the reason I love them is they would never ever write an article call that set, had this title Jurassic World is a huge mega hit and that's terrible news for movies yeah mm-hmm. they will be missed uh, oh, oh and Jerry Weintraub too we talked longer <laughs> oh, about the, we talked longer about the dissolve oh, our website died and we cared more <laughs> I'm sorry Jerry Weintraub great job fellas all right, so Thanks. let's get on to our first film of the weekend. It's Minions, where the color, uh, colorful henchmen to Gru in the Despicable Me movies get their own film. The Minions go from one historical period to the next, seeking out a villain to lead them, accidentally killing each of them in the trailer that I saw, <laughs> making them the Zelig of animated murderers. <laughs> Adam, let's go in-depth on it, shall we? <laughs> Woo! 
Minions is the third movie in the Despicable Me franchise after proving to be crowd favorites in Despicable Me as the assistants to a supervillain like uh, Heinrich Himmler. As I mentioned, it seems they spend a great deal of the movie looking for a villain to serve. And they end up in 1968. Now, why 1968? Any ideas around the table? Uh, they need a supervillain, and it's the year Richard Nixon became president. Perhaps. The, the Minions really want to stretch their villainies. They help assassinate Dr. King, Bobby Kennedy, and countless Vietnamese citizens. Oh, That's dark. This is a comedy dream. Now, also yeah. wrong. Uh, the correct answer is that 1968 is a pop culture reference chosen to bring colorful fashions to the cartoon and appeal to parents and grandparents stuck in the movie theater. Oh, that's correct. There I you go. See. Yes, all they want to do is find an evil master to serve for whom they can do mindless bidding and aid their despicable overlord in wreaking havoc on society. Kind of like the staff at uh, TMZ. Wow. I can't believe they made a whole movie where you can't understand what the main character is saying. Really, Paul? Really? You, you can't believe that? Who am you? To show them how to throw the discos. I'm this film ends the five-year debate amongst movie scholars as to the actual origin story of little yellow oblong things with arms. Minions is a Universal Pictures and Illumination Entertainment production, and not a Pixar movie, which means it might not have the same polish and sophistication to its humor. <laughs> Nonetheless, we suspect it will be a big hit with the kids. And Bart. <laughs> That was for you. Uh, much like DreamWorks, the Penguins of Madagascar, cartoon sidekicks have gotten their own movie. Like the way DreamWorks released the supervillain movie Megamind, the year that Despicable Me came out. Oh, and yeah. Ants, the same year Bug's Life came out. Oh, yeah. So be on the lookout for the new DreamWorks animation film. I've got an idea. How about a movie that takes place inside a preteen's head with animated antidepressants and attention deficit medications? <laughs> <laughs> Is it the full title? I love it, Katzenberg. Make it. <laughs> now, the Minions won over their audience with comic relief in small doses. So why not remove anyone to relieve comically and double the dosage? I mean, you know, America really should change its flag to a bowl of Lucky Charms with only marshmallows. Sandra Bullock voices the character of Scarlet Overkill, the film's evil villain the Minions most desire to serve. This choice of role by Bullock is an obvious attempt to shed her good girl image. Doesn't it feel so good to be bad? Mm, nice try there, Sandy. But it looks like you'll just have to go on being one of America's last remaining sweethearts. John Hamm plays Herb Overkill, who in the movie looks like a uh, looks like a young Ringo Starr, or, or for those born after 1991, a young Howard Wolowitz from Big Bang Theory. And the trailer claims the film is introducing Stuart, Kevin, and Bob, who at one point end up on a boat in the ocean doing the old Looney Tunes bit where they haven't eaten in so long, they think the other guys are food, in this case, bananas. It's three male minions licking each other like bananas, and nobody bats an eye. Marriage equality! Um, it's a slippery slope. Mm. Rated PG for action and rude humor. So if your kids can't handle action, you've been warned. There you go. That's minions, everybody. <laughs> Beloved. I'll be the first to admit I don't get the minions. Yeah, I you know I didn't see the other two movies, so Well you haven't. No. Well no. they're creeping up to four, then you'll have to. Yeah, yeah. Then I'll theory. have to. Just like that and step up. Uh, and when it, when step it, up to the streets. Yeah. <laughs> when a franchise hits four, Adam will watch it. I will watch it, it, regardless of what it is. Mm-hmm.
Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the minions, yeah, they're the comic relief. They're the thing they cut to that are doing goofy crap while the other plot's going on, right? Yeah, but they ju- they're just, I don't get them. Yeah. You know, like, and now one of the posters says, Minions, meet Stuart, Kevin, and Bob. And I'm like, that's Stuart, it? Kevin, and Bob? <laughs> that's yeah. all you, that, I mean, is there, what a, I don't know. I mean, it's not as fun as, like, an Igor or something. Like, I always thought, I always thought it'd be fun to have, like, the... Like the idea of a minion, but like it'd be like Igor and uh, I don't know. It's like you know other type of other other minions. Maybe there aren't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They just uh, they just have wacky adventures and they don't talk in English and they have slapstick. And I guess that's enough. I don't, yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I mean, you know, they've got to entertain five year olds. Is all they got to yes. do, right? So I don't know. They don't have to. Not all they have to do, but it is all <laughs> they are doing. <laughs> the the trailer with the way they killed Count Dracula made me laugh out loud in the theater. That was really funny. That was funny. That's that was true. good. Yeah, it's 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 uh, Dracula's birthday. Yeah, because they they're, they're looking for evil masters yeah. to serve, right? And they open the the curtains. And they go, "Happy birthday, melt." Yeah, <laughs> and he melts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that Sandy Bullock is fifty one years old. Mm-hmm. First of all, hard to believe. Yeah, just time. Passing in my mind, she's still speed. You know Did, what I mean? But Demolition Man, didn't Demolition we just have Demolition? Man. Man? Yeah. Sure. Didn't we just have Love Potion Number Nine? Didn't that just sweep the nation? Practical Magic. Practical Magic. The old book was new to me. Oh <laughs> uh, well. Uh, now fifty-one, yeah. and she didn't look it. Mm-hmm. That's I, a good fifty-one. It is certainly is. Yeah. But yeah, but then she's doing animation, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Good point. Maybe she doesn't want to have to get it done up every day. Yeah. You well, no, that's why all they all do animation. Yeah, exactly. They you wanna... go to work in your pajamas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and this is uh, looking at like they're tracking it for a hundred million opening. Are they really? Which is going to be more than Inside Out, which is like Lost World type numbers, Avengers type numbers. You know, these are. What can I tell you? For for minions. I work in in schools primarily, and we get so many stories written to us, and I get easily 10 minion stories a week compared to one Disney story from a kid. Yeah. Yeah, it's really popular. I mean, and and lots of backpacks and shoes, and like it's really recognizable. I mean, it's very simple recognition, too. Now, when kids write a story about the minions, are they adding in dialogue that makes sense and everything? Are they just writing Liberty No, it's usually narration. It's uh, this minion did this, this minion did this. So they don't say anything. Exactly. Right. Are they doing things beyond the realm of the movie? Have they expanded the minions? Yeah. They're like. You know. Yeah, it's like he wanted to take my teacher's uh, stuff from her desk. It's just them pulling hijinks. Oh. But that's such an easily relatable thing that kids are hooked to this yeah, stuff. That's true. Yeah, and they don't speak English. I mean, they don't speak. I mean, they, so they must. Uh, that's another thing. Globally, <laughs> the minions have got to sell, <laughs> right? True. There is no lost in translation here. Yeah, there's no inside out has got like dialogue. Oh, they're huge stuff. in Uruguay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the minions are going to be huge in Uruguay and huge for kids that can't speak English yet as well. Even, you know, if they're English speakers ultimately in life, they just don't have language yeah. yet. You say Uruguay. <laughs> I say Uruguay not, folks. There you go. All Why right, so not? we're off. And with that, well, well Drew, <laughs> that with that, I'm sentencing you now to help us with our next movie. Thanks. Oh. Uh, it is called Selfless, mm. where Oscar winner Sir mm. Ben Kingsley is dying and he gets his consciousness placed in a younger man's body. Let's talk about it. Oh, this is just a great concept. I'm sure they'll match him with a younger actor of Kingsley's caliber, like a Tom Hardy or Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, so who does Kingsley get to be? Ryan Reynolds. Can we go back and preview Minions? No, that would be self-ish. Let's do this. <laughs> All right, our second movie. 
selfless. No, uh, it's it's actually selfless. There's a slash in the title, so it means two things. Like face off? No, no. Like face off. <laughs> ah, selfless is a sci-fi psychological thriller with a title outsourced to Hollywood's go-to creative agency called Get It. In self. Less, Ben Kingsley plays an aging billionaire who learns that he is dying. So what does he do? He does what all rich guys do, get someone else to do the dying for him. You know, like Congress does. He enlists a corporation to put his brain inside the body of a young man so that he can be rich and powerful and racist forever. Okay, maybe not racist, but one thing that is eliminating racism is old, powerful men dying. But things really get interesting when the rich dead guy realizes that he was put in the body of Ryan Reynolds when he clearly asked to be put in the body of Ryan Gosling. <laughs> he actually chooses the Ryan Reynolds model body when he realizes the Seth Green model wasn't roomy enough. <laughs> and before you can say, what could possibly go right? What, what could, could possibly, possibly go? go? It turns out Ryan Reynolds had a pass. <gasps> All right, here's a clip. It seemed like a good idea at the time. The white bigot was dying, and the black soul brother needed time to prove his innocence. More power to you, brother. I want to transplant my head on a healthy body. I think I like to donate my body to science after all. So they transplanted the white head onto the black body. Who would have suspected that neither would care for the idea too much? <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so with that bit, all we're saying is, it's kind of like that movie. But I had to play the whole clip because I love the way it begins, right? It seemed like a good idea yeah, at the time. Oh no, God, it I never... Wish, <laughs> I wish every trailer began like that. It was never a good when? idea. When? When was it a good idea? Never. Get ready to play that for Gallows. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we I, 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 a brief, brief, brief break here from the script. You know, we always say what could possibly go right, but th this has the greatest, longest way of saying that at the, begin at the very end of that. Yeah, it says, right. "What seemed like a good idea at the time." It seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> but then at the, the very end, it says it was dying, too. and the black soul oh, brother yeah. needed time. Who knew to prove it wouldn't innocence. go well? Yeah, who <laughs> knew it wouldn't go so well? <laughs> This is all the I want to transplant my head on a healthy body. <laughs> this is the man like with two heads, by the way. To science after all. Rosie Greer. So they transplanted the white head onto the black <laughs> The white head. It's a racist old man. That neither would care How for the idea that? too much. Neither would care for the, the idea. idea too much. <laughs> all right, move on. Sorry. Wow. Oh, yeah. Ray Milan, ladies and gentlemen. Oscar Milan. winner. Getting yes. it done. All right. Sorry man for the confusion. The Let's move on. All right. So let me sum it up. The plan seems so simple and plausible enough. Just pay millions of dollars to some unknown, unheard of, underground medical facility and have yeah. your consciousness transferred into the body of a young, healthy person. Hmm. Easy. He was promised a body that was little more than an empty vessel, devoid of any humanity. And when he saw that the body was Ryan Reynolds, well, everything seemed to be in order. Hmm. Unfortunately, it turns out that even Ryan Reynolds has a personality and a conscience, and Ben Kingsley character soon realizes that he is slowly losing control of his body. Much like the elder Ben Kingsley himself. Depends reference. Oh, please. <laughs> I can sum it up easier. Gandhi becomes Green Lantern in a one-way version of the changeup. All right, there you go. <laughs> Very good. Let's play a clip. Steve Martin's out of control in The Man with Two Brains. Okay, close enough. <laughs> That's very good. Getting memories from your body's previous owner has got to be like getting bad reception on your cable box. 
just where you want to hit it because it keeps showing you a lifetime movie when you clearly had the plastic tuner set to TNT. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Why does immortality always make things worse? I think we'd all like to be Wolverine, and even he can't wait to die. <laughs> this film looks like it could use another round of... Premise solved in 10 seconds! So, we're going to implant your consciousness into a healthy, younger man's body, uh-huh. and you'll become immortal. Cool. Wait, can we make sure the younger man's body isn't connected with any previous memories or crazy evil people? You got it. Nice. And I don't want to make it any weirder, but now that I'm Green Lantern, I'm going to marry my girlfriend, Blake Lively. And it turns out she never ages. And And scene. scene. So there you have it. Basically, it's like face... Off... With bodies. You'll like it, I guess. Have a fun time. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Harrison Ford. Uh, Harrison Ford, seal of approval. That's a great Harrison Ford, seal of approval. Have a great time. You'll like it, I guess. (laughs) 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 Gotta put that out there more often. That's good. Okay, moving no, on. Wait a minute, Drew, you're very excited about this. Wait a second, Drew's excited about this. Okay, okay. I cannot tell you. There's one thing that I have such a boner for, and that Tarsum is Singh. movie <laughs> concepts. Uh-huh, right? And I Concept get, porn. I get so excited about movie concepts and so drastically disappointed when they are executed poorly. Yeah. And at that point, that movie has made a signature of that movie concept. You can't try and mm-hmm. make that same concept into a new movie because the other movie now owns that terrible idea. <laughs> so Selfless, I am so jazzed about yeah. because I think, God, I would write a script about this and I'd I be like so this. happy to do this. And the trailer, I've seen it 10 times. Yeah. And each time I get more and more excited. Okay. I like and his I, passion for this. this and I know, perfect. well placed. And I know I'm going to be hugely disappointed. Yeah, you will be. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know if you'll be disappointed. I mean, you're going. You already know Ryan Reynolds is in it, right? Yeah. Going in, you're yeah. not going to go. Oh shit! Ryan Reynolds halfway through, right? So you're already <laughs> he just pops up you're, you're, as a tertiary character. You cleared the board of that one. <laughs> Did you guys see uh, Project Almanac? No. Man, oh man! Again, what a concept movie. Saw the trailer ten times. Loved it. Uh, four teenagers find a time machine That's right. okay. that has very strict realistic limitations of what it does to your body, cool. how you travel in time, cool. the amount of electricity and magnetism that it channels in the area okay. nearby, all, right. all those things, all those rules you have to abide by, yeah. and realistic uh, consequences. Great. First half. Second half. God damn it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they shit all, over it. shit all over Did it. Did they bully their own rules? Did they break their own rules? Or um, they, just... they, they followed their own rules, but the problem was there was never anything drastically at stake for any of them, and they solve their problems so easily. Okay. And I wanted actually an unhappy ending. I yeah. really did. <laughs> I, I I wanted them to say, "Well, time travel doesn't work, and it's dangerous for everyone. We've messed the world up." Bye. <laughs> yeah, I I like a high concept too. I mean, that's all. That's all the movie has. I mean, yeah. Of course, it's great if it executes on it, but generally, it sells itself as, look, you're kind of coming to enjoy this premise. You're going to enjoy this premise, even if we completely fail the third act, you know? Yeah. But but it is that ex- exploration of it that is the most fun, and if they don't get too clever with that, you're like, come on, guys. If I got five ideas you're not doing, then, you know, yeah. you're the ones that made the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how yeah. often do you get a movie like Jurassic Park where you have a stellar concept followed by a stellar movie? Well, stellar execution, yeah. yeah. Jurassic World? Or did you say park? Park. Okay, well, that goes for world as well. Stellar execution. Huh. Stellar execution. I have a feeling we'll talk more about that <laughs> later. We will. 
What is it with Ryan Reynolds? So we can goof on him. I know. To, but well, how come he isn't like a total winner in movies? Why? What, yeah. What is it? And why is he not a Paxton, which is the term we use for that sort of like actor everybody knows, but isn't expensive and ends up in the big movie like a Jurassic World? Mm-hmm. You know. He's he's far too handsome. Yeah, we haven't checked. We we don't have proof yet of whether you're going to go see a Chris Pratt movie, because yeah. Chris Pratt has only shown up in movies you were going to anyway. Nope. Yeah. No. 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 Well, no. A- absolutely. Change of fortune. This weekend. Really. I caught up with the girl I did a show with last year. I said, uh-huh. "Go see Guardians." She said, "No, I can't. No, it's science fiction. I don't like that kind of thing." And then she saw Chris oh, yeah. Pratt in Jurassic World with her girlfriends, and now she's going to go see Guardians because he has his shirt off. <laughs> so he has reached that level okay. of girl draw. All right. Mm. Going back to Ryan Reynolds, who takes his shirt off all takes the time. Takes his shirt off no all the time. <laughs> nobody no cares. See him. What's up? Yeah, nobody cares. What is, he is a turnoff, isn't he? And he shows up, you know, he tries to show up in a big movie like R.I.P.D. last year, which I think was a summer movie, right? Blah. Uh, which is, what's that? Blah. <laughs> that is your official review? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Out of how many? Blah, 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 blah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but now this is like the, you know, as we've said, this this is kind of the summer of, uh, you know, they don't give you two big blockbusters in a row, really. They'll take a week off and they'll do more, you know, uh, uh, programming. This week is for kids, people like scary movies, and then whoever's going to see Ryan Reynolds and Ben Kingsley movies, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whoever's, which actually is but probably a middle class kind of, you know, Shows up crowd. in Iron Man 3. Ben Kingsley's had better summer movies. That's true. That's ben that. Kingsley is the Paxton. He's an older Paxton. He is an older Paxton. Yeah, you're right. He was a Paxton as of species. He's a good-looking 72. Because he's never... He he is so seldom billed in movies he's in. Like, this is rare for him to be on the top billing of a movie. Mm -hmm. Normally, you discover him halfway through. You go, oh, (laughs) you're in a movie with uh, Gary Shandling? (laughs) That's weird. Oh, yeah, you're right. you are in sneakers. (laughs) That's totally right. I mean, that's like species. Like, oh, Ben Kingsley's in it. (laughs) I mean, he's managed to find that the... Award-winning and high-caliber heady stuff. Yeah, so your sexy beasts and whatever, and yeah. then still turn around and do yeah. some. Uh, goofy That's some shit. crazy longevity. Yeah. But he knows what he's doing too. There was a there was a hip-hop movie a couple years ago that he was in that was just kind of an odd thing. But I listened to an, an interview with the uh, filmmakers, and uh, they were saying, "No, he wanted to be in something with hip-hop or like something like really kind of hip-hop." And we're like, "Really, Ben Kingsley?" But it's just because he's very focused on the longevity of his career and done a good job. And there's, speaking of that, oh, I wish I pulled the clip. There's a, another clip where uh, <clears throat> Ryan Reynolds, you know, suddenly realizes, oh, I'm in the young body and uh, everything's going to go great. So what happens? Rap music. Rap music. Rap music. Every yeah. time. Oh, money, yes. money, money, money. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. the money. Girls, money. Oh, the money, money. Girls, girls. Yeah, cars. Yeah. <laughs> we, we did an analysis of that about hip hop means you're doing great. Yeah. yeah. And then what was this? Uh, some song style it means is like, oh, it's yeah. going down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was like, uh, <laughs> like if you get the yeah, uh, what is it? Dubstep. Dubstep. Oh, things are going really well if you yeah, get dubstep. You go all the way yeah. to dubstep. And you know, you just there's, there's lights and chicks and blow everywhere. Yep. Yeah. Before the cops show up, that's what music is playing. <laughs> yeah, and the piano music, I think, pretty much is just your general. Oh, it all went to shit. Yeah. <laughs> he is the Hulk. He is the Hulk. <laughs> All right, what do we learn from the trailer? Basically, at the top of it, uh, every, when everything's explained to Ben Kingsley, it's explained to him by uh, Ozymandias. Ozymandias. I never trust him. Don't trust Ozymandias. Matthew Good. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. I'm going to remember that yeah. name as it was Ozymandias. <laughs> we say that about Night Owl, right? <laughs> yes, Night Owl. Who played the comedian? 
I don't know. Too late. Or Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh, okay, good. Well, <laughs> but actually, no. Forget it. I'm not. I'm not going to remember that. All right. Our final new movie of the week. The king of low-budget scary movies, Blumhouse Productions, scrapes together $27,000 to mm. make another insanely profitable horror movie. Mm-hmm. Turns out you can save a lot of production costs when you shoot on an iPhone, light everything with a flashlight, and don't have to worry about seeing any more than eight feet of set design <laughs> at any time. Adam, let's talk about The Gallows. We do have some secrets. Oh. Yeah! Yeah, blow money, chicks, yeah! I'm doing well financially! little rush riff there. From uh, Blumhouse <laughs> Productions, the company that proves you don't have to have a lot of money or any money or a second location to scare an audience. <laughs> Though they also prove that you need a lot of things to appear suddenly behind a lot of actors over the years. That's what happens. That's what it sounds like. <clears throat> In a ceremony meant to honor the death of their friend, a group of killable teens break into an abandoned high school to, that's right, reenact the play in which he died. I know we often say, what could could possibly possibly go right? But I'm officially changing the name of this movie to, what What could could possibly possibly go go right? But wait, there's more. (laughs) He died in a stage play at the school in which he was accidentally hung for real from a gallows by a malfunctioning noose. That's right. Actually, the noose did exactly what it was supposed (laughs) to. Well, that's true. (laughs) But just not in the play where it was supposed to be a prop. Yeah. Uh, What was the play? Hangman? The audience couldn't guess anxious? Actually, it's a tough one. A lot of vowels. <laughs> Apparently, they couldn't get the rights from the Shakespeare estate for Romeo and Juliet and every other drama on the planet, so yeah. they did something called The Gallows. <laughs> the gallows. But maybe the kid's just a bad actor. Maybe if he played Romeo, he might have actually stabbed himself. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. I see where this idea comes from. Because the only thing that could make any of the high school plays I've seen interesting is an auditorium fire. Ever see Prom Night? That too. What? Are you going to put on a ceremony to honor the dead in a horror movie and not have them come back from the dead for revenge because someone in the group killed them? Do plots get any more gloriously contrived than what what could could possibly possibly go go right? right? Is there a MacArthur Foundation that awards contrivance in the arts? There is. The (laughs) Delibbies. But the Lazarus Effect from Blumhouse already won this year's award. Wait a second. The year's not even over. Have you seen the Lazarus effect? <laughs> Blumhouse wears contrivance like Flava Flav wears clocks. There should be Latin text encircling their company seal that translates to, yeah, yeah, we know. Just watch. But this movie has more surprises than it reveals in the trailer. For example, who would want to kill an actor? Okay, if you live in Los Angeles, maybe, but there are no more surprises. <laughs> how does Blumhouse keep their budgets down? I'll tell you how. The film stars Reese Mischler... Pfeiffer Brown, Ryan Schuess, and Cassidy Gifford. It's directed by Travis Clough and Chris Lofting. As always at Blumhouse, the star is the premise. And that's What What Could could Possibly possibly Go go Right. right. There you go. The movie. I didn't realize until I said it. That's got to be Kathy Lee Gifford's kid. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Cody and Cassidy, right? Oh, Oh, how funny. I mean, oddly, like... Oh, I think it's like a Hot 21 now or something, right? Yeah, I mean, sure she's... I mean, how is it... Do famous people have ugly kids ever? Like, that, I mean, how is the famous genes? Yeah. Or is it just because you can afford to fix everything along the way? I mean, to get the teeth fixed right away. You get, yeah. You know? Yeah, you get the proactive right away. But also, God, there's gotta, just got to be a way that you can have an ugly kid as famous people. I mean, I maybe you do, either. but have you seen The Man in the Iron Mask? There are ways around that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Frank so Gifford, good-looking guy, right? I guess, yeah, I guess you know. Football player stuff. Yeah. Now, we just had a Blumhouse movie. And we got another one. Oh, what was? what did we just oh, have? Insidious 3. 
Oh, of course, which the I beginning saw. Beginning of last month. Beginning of this month. Now we have... Uh, oh, and you loved, right? I loved. And they're making summer movies now. Yeah, and and before the end of the summer, we're going to get uh, the one that sounds like Insidious that I always confuse. Invictus. Oh, Sinister 2. Invictus yeah. 2. That's, uh, yeah. Invictus. <laughs> <laughs> that should be a bomb movie. Invictus. Invictus. No, Sinister 2. Yeah, yeah it's that's premiering out. at uh, Comic-Con. Is it? Yeah. Oh, God. It's going to be so good. Now, that, and that, that was, well, we'll save it for, what did you see, three weeks ago, but I did see Insidious <laughs> 3. <laughs> yeah, we did talk about it, didn't you? Did I talk about it? I think okay. so. Yeah. yeah. But you said it nailed it. You loved it. I, I haven't watched any I of I didn't say much more. But again, like you say, the first one, I think, came out in January. The second one, I believe, came out in September, and now June. Yeah. The Blumhouse Dang. movies have just built themselves up to be summer events. Well, you know, as I've said, that, that, that the summer movies are now kind of getting it right in that they don't release Avengers and Jurassic World two weekends apart. Right. You know, because they used to do that. And now they know we're going to take a week off. The big summer movie is going to take a week off. And then that's your chance to put your Sandra Bullock movie or yes. your. We'll your put out, we'll just put a hot pursuit in the meantime. Yeah. And then the next yeah, week yeah, we'll yeah, have yeah, something yeah. big. And Blumhouse <laughs> is getting good at filling those gaps. Because because you need a horror movie every yeah. month because someone's going to go see it. Because in the last couple of years, too, like these surprise movies like The Conjuring, nobody expected a February Conjuring to make. $100 million or $70 million yeah. or whatever it made versus its $2 million budget, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so they just, uh, they're, they're filling these gaps. I got to tell you, I woke up this morning to write my jokes for this, and I got so excited because I hadn't watched the trailer yet. I had to watch it before I wrote the, wrote the jokes. I'm going right after this Ask to Universal and watching this oh, really? movie. I'm very excited. Wow. Ask me the last scary movie I saw in a theater. What was the last scary movie you saw in a theater? Event Horizon. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, no, no. Let me ask again. We said scary movie, right? So what was the last scary movie <laughs> you, you stop saw? it. I peed myself for days. Besides oh, the sci-fi movie That movie's movie such bullshit. <laughs> no, okay. Uh, I can barely Is get... Is that the Spaceship's Alive one? Yeah. 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 Uh, Sam Neill yeah. Uh, on a spaceship. Here's every scare did in Event Horizon. Did that star Larry Fishburne or Lawrence Fishburne? I forget. That would be... Uh, <laughs> Larry, Larry Flint. Larry. <laughs> now, I can't get through scary movie previews. Like, yeah. as soon as they start. Oh, this one was. Did well, you watch you this one? You don't go down because you really get scared. Oh, I get terrified. Wow. Here's he, 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 he what happened when I saw. Um, when I saw The Omen, I converted for a week. I went <laughs> from Jewish to whatever is not Jewish for a solid week. <laughs> then the scare wore off, and I'm back to Jewish. But scary it's, movies just run away with me, wow. yeah. off the races. Jew, Jews not known for their demon tackling. Uh, you know, that's a Catholic thing. <laughs> <laughs> How about something like Jaws? Jaws I can watch all day. Z zombie movies don't scare me at all. Fine with zombie movies. Yeah, guy walking slow. Mm, yeah. uh, Blair Witch, <laughs> fine. All, all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to... Um, Possessive things that live in your house, mm -hmm. forget it. Yeah, right. I am donezo. Yeah. Original Poltergeist, never saw it. I really like Poltergeist, actually. Oh. Um, That's the scariest one where I'm. Because to me, it mm. feels like a Spielberg film. Like it feels uh, like, like the filmmaking true. is just so, so good that I'm like, ah, I appreciate all that. Yeah. But like The Exorcist, are you kidding? I got 10 minutes in. And before any scary stuff happened, I could just feel how scary the film was. And I said, My Little Pony is also on. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, scariest movie you ever saw, Adam? Maybe we talk about this. Scariest movie I ever saw? Well, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, the original, did cause everybody in my house to sleep with the lights on for over a week. So that's that would be that would have the biggest lasting effect because, of course, much like you know Jaws, I don't live near the ocean, so it's scary, but it's not that scary. Yeah. But 
I gotta go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and if there's a guy that's attacking you while you're asleep, yeah. you've got to go to sleep. Yeah. And so yeah, turning the lights off was really tough for a little sure. while there in the in the house. Yeah. So I'd say that was be the scariest. But I gotta tell you, recently I've had some great scares, and this is the essence of of watching this trailer. Yeah. Uh, or, or watching Insidious Three, which is the first of those I saw in the theater because Movie Pass because I can. I <laughs> yes. love the Movie Pass. My the, the, God, it's the greatest. It's the thing. best investment I ever made. Right. Uh, you have Movie Pass. I've had it for a year. What? Oh, yeah. early adopter. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's the greatest because Insidious, I would have waited for video again, and I, w- I waited for video for the first couple of Insidious Don't movies. deny yourself the theatrical experience. Ex- especially for a horror movie. I couldn't yeah. believe it because I was standing on my feet and cheering at certain scares in the first two Insidious, uh, applauding in my living room by myself. You know, I mean, but that's what I do for movies because it's like, you know, if they make a brilliant move, and, and these Blumhouse movies do have some really brilliant moves. You know, in Insidious 3, I'm sitting there in the theater and I'm all, I got my hoodie around and I'm getting legitimate scares and you're feeling that sort of wind up with the uh, yeah. with the roller coaster, clink, clink, clink. You can tell those moves filmmakers going, like, here's something coming <laughs> and then I got you. you know, so. The Gallo says everything in the trailer. If you haven't right. uh, seen it, they, they have one of the ones where they took the little night cameras and, and to catch people freaking out and getting all scared and they put that into the trailer and boom and they, have, oh, yeah. they have that guy wait let me play this for you remember the guy who comes in at the end of the trailer and you haven't heard from him the whole movie we love these guys oh be a, a whole I trailer didn't hear that on one I saw. yeah well, I it's this. in the one with the audience reactions okay, okay. okay which all you're watching is audience reactions and film clips then a guy just comes out of nowhere at the end the gallows July 10 Oh, who are you? The who gallows. are you? July 10th. The gallows. Oh, but I also love, play that clip again. This is how every Blumhouse trailer ends with basically this line and this shock sound. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> Everything's like, oh, thank God it's all July over. <laughs> Here's what else Blumhouse loves to do. Remember, they uh, they do the creepy songs. This isn't Blumhouse. This oh, is yeah. from Brick Mansions. But, but they do do this. Stand by me at two. <laughs> Detective. Right, so they, the brick mansions creeped out to that. Here's but but insidious took remember tiptoe to the tulips. Yes. through the tulips. Ah, as if that could be. Ah, yeah. Oh, thank God, everything's fine. <laughs> uh, and so the gallows, not to be outdone. <laughs> Every door's locked. I'm getting us out of here. Hey, Charlie. Don't say his name. Don't say his name. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. <laughs> you shouldn't say that name. <laughs> Taking the already creepy smells like teen spirit. Yeah. I guess perhaps because it's a high school type-ish song. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. But they had to take a song and make it creepy. And? Another thing. And? Hate to tell you, it's an old song. It's this old <laughs> song oh, that you God. can play. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, listen. At this point, we pretty much know what we're going to get from a Blumhouse picture. We've talked about it, but um, mm-hmm. I think we could make one Everything if we wanted want. to. Oh right? yes, yeah. In fact, you, you can go to Blumhouse's website and order up what what I have here. It's a packet they'll send to you for free oh. called "Hey Kids, Make Your Own Blumhouse Trailer." Oh, hey, I would have busted open, give it a try. I went with Blum Libs. But let's see. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much Blumhouse Mad Libs. All right, so I'm going to give you this. Adam, you take that sheet down. When okay. I tell you to write something down, you just oh, write it down. Awesome. All right? You guys can converse about yeah. what to write down. If you've ever played Mad Libs, it'll be like an sure. adjective, and you guys write the adjective down. And then you have this, and I'll tell you when to fill these in, Drew. Uh-huh. And we'll do a little, we'll make our own Blumhouse. Show. All right, all right. You only got to fill in some blanks, and boom, you got yourself a movie. Boom, you got yourself a movie. All right. 
Uh, so the first thing I need is an activity. An activity. Um, Why don't we say... Um, going to prom? Going to prom. Proming? It should prom. be one word. Proming. 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 <laughs> Promenading. No, put, put the prom. Right, I'm putting prom. promenading. <laughs> All right. Okay. And we need a form of recorded media. A form of recorded right, media. Right. That's what these movies need. Go, let's go audio cassette, right? Sure. Audio cassette. Mini cassette. All right. There you go. We need a location. <laughs> uh, my parents' backyard. Okay. There you go. Parents', parents backyard. Backyard. And we need a surface in that uh, area. Ooh. Like, uh, oh, oh, oh. You know, like the grass would be something, but whatever yeah. else you might find back there. Is that sure, a surface? Yeah. Merry-go-round? Right. Or, or a picnic uh, bench? Picnic bench, I like that. Picnic right, bench, right. okay. I need a, a verb, past tense. Okay. Verb, past tense. Belched. You're the teacher. Belched. <laughs> okay. I love I love finding <laughs> Mad Libs from when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Everything was fart and shit. Yeah, fart exactly. and shit and farted and shit. And I need an object. <laughs> shit. <laughs> In honor of my cousins. No, an object. <laughs> A dick, <laughs> right? This is what we do when we were kids. This is where you're playing Mad Libs, right? I'm playing Mad Libs like a fourth graders. Dick! What about uh, the holy incense? Okay, put that. A dick or holy incense? Okay, holy the incense. The holy dick. <laughs> holy dick. <laughs> and we need pop song from the 80s or 90s. Ooh. Uh, Everybody Hurts by R.E.M. <laughs> that's all right. That's a good Everybody one. Hurts. Everybody Hurts. All right, and then... Uh, Okay, so the past. So you write down on your sheet there, yeah. uh, Drew. Yeah. The uh, belched and uh, holy dick. All right, so that'll be your, you'll have that line to say in the middle of the thing when I point to you. Okay, great. <laughs> okay, so when I point to you, you just chime in with the okay. word. Uh, all, the, right. The, yeah. all right, all right. A group of young kids on their way to prom find evidence of a murder when they play back a message on a mini cassette. <laughs> The kids are then trapped in their parents' backyard <laughs> when one of them is thrown from a picnic bench <laughs> by a mysterious force. And then a young girl shown on video is being belched by a holy, holy dick <laughs> to the music of Everybody Hurts. <laughs> Alright, and we sing Everybody Hurts and then you have your line, Drew. Oh. Everybody, Everybody Hurts. Everybody oh, I'm being belched by a holy uh, dick. The holy dick. Your holy dick is dead. <laughs> Coming from Blumhouse Productions. There you go. That's that's Blumhouse Mad Lib. Love it. See it's easy. There we go. Haven't had a scary backyard movie in a while. No. Or maybe ever. No. Well, scary backyard. That would be uh, the one that sounds like Insidious Sinister. Oh okay. Yeah. Oh really? There's a, that's it's in the backyard. That's a scary backyard movie. He, fi he finds all these eight millimeter films. Eight millimeter. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. was micro cassette or whatever. You no, said. no, no. We, you know, mini, inadvertently made a sinister mini movie. cassette. Yeah. No, he finds all these like backyard movies that like start all nice and then everybody dies in some crazy way. It's really great. It's fucking great. <laughs> and they track down this like mysterious thing called Bagul. So it's the boogeyman. It's they they wrote boogeyman and they're like, what am I? How do I make this sound cooler? And I'm like, oh, call him Bagul. <laughs> and I was like, the whole time I'm like, you boogeyman. Like I like the movies. The time about the boogeyman. It's the best. <laughs> it's really great. Well, Ethan Hawke makes anything uh, mm -hmm. watchable. Mm -hmm. All right, enough. That's of that. a big star for Blumhouse. Yeah, right. huge. <laughs>
Couldn't get Reese Mishler? No, couldn't get Reese Mishler. All right, let's uh, get on to some guest time. Uh, joining us in the Admirals Club, as we said before, is one of the main guys at an improv troupe I've been performing with for four or five months now, Yay. on and off. That's cool. Improv, Schmimprov, and they've got a big pool of improvisers they pull from to put on uh, each week's show. You can find that show at the Maverick Theater in Fullerton, California, every Friday and Saturday, performing to huge crowds. It's Drew Boudreau, everybody. Hey! hey. Boudreau. Holy dick. <laughs> Holy dick, Batman. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's get to know you, Drew. What is? T- when did you get involved with improv, schmimprov? 2007. I graduated from college and uh, flew back to the West Coast, and I insisted they hire me as their stage manager. And uh, I saw Schmimprov and said, that's it. That's one I want to do. Are you stage managing at the Maverick? I was stage managing at the Maverick uh, for free. Uh, I just graduated with my degree in theater with an emphasis on stage management. And so I said, let me show you how it's done. And then I saw Schmimprov and said, that's what I want to do. And within a couple months, I was on the team. But you had improv experience. Yeah, uh, I had taken a lot of improv classes in college. I was at Second City in Chicago for a while. I was an intern over there, which meant that we could see as many shows we wanted for free, cool. take as many classes as we wanted for free. Um, also, Improv Olympic is across the street from Second City, so you just saw so many shows, you didn't know what to do with yourself. So I've been immersed in it for a long time. Uh, who was your main stage cast when you went to Second City? That's uh, always my favorite question. <laughs> just, who was your main stage the, cast? Maybe the only ones that you would know is Brian Gallivan. Sure. Um, Claudia Wallace. Uh, yeah, who's yeah, out here now? Yeah. Um, Molly, I don't remember her last name. Brian's out here now too. Uh, yeah. Oh, Molly. Uh, this is uh, hey, Molly Ringwald. Yeah. Nope. No. No. Uh, Molly uh, Shannon. Joe Canale's wife. I can't think of her last name. Right. Joe. Molly. It's not Canale. <laughs> no. I, no. It's not. <laughs> Urban. Right. Anyway. Sure. And uh, Joe was out there. Yeah, Joe. With yeah. by the way, I do love that you said. Herb over herb overkill. Yeah, for herb John over- Ham's character, <laughs> which I'm, I'm sure is herb, but you're you, so you said herb, like urge overkill, right? <laughs> herb overkill. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, and yeah, uh, Molly, and oh, I remember that state. I remember that show. Ithamar was out there at the same yes, time, yeah. and uh, on the less on the on the etc stage was Frank, uh, Frank, not Caliendo, Cayetti, Cayetti, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, friends of the show. Friends of the show. Every yes. one of them. has been on here. He's a good egg. That's cool. There's a great uh, show where a lot of the people you just mentioned there improvise at uh, once a month at Second City called Deep Dish. I awesome. Wanna, I will invite you. It's a fun show. Thank you. Yeah. Very cool. So when what did you do in Chicago? Because everyone gets involved in like, hey, do this show where we all play people who live in a town and we're all, you know, having crazy adventures and we improvise them. Did you ever get one of those shows? No, I, <laughs> I did like five of those. Ugh, no, I did. I did zero performance. But when I was in Chicago, I just oh, took okay. a lot of classes and saw show after show after show. Uh, got to shadow the SM. Um, saw a ton of shows at IO. Went to a lot of Cubs games. I split my summer between interning for Second City and interning for the U.S. House Representatives. So I only had oh, wow. about uh, eight weeks in each place. Um, and it, uh, Which one was more fun? W- man, w- within five <laughs> seconds, I felt so dumb leaving Chicago. Like I got to D.C., and the first person I met in the house was Newt Gingrich. We were both in line for the ATM to get some pizza in the cafeteria. And uh, I-, I was like, I'm already bored. Why am I here? I should go back <laughs> to improv. I was double major in poli-sci and theater, and I wanted to figure out which I wanted to do. Well, for political comedy, that's the way to do it, right? <laughs> get some good political comedy there. It, it was a GOP-controlled 
uh, House, and it was a, a GOP president. Yeah. And I was there for the first veto for W's uh, administration. Oh, he got a veto? He vetoed the... Or he vetoed. He vetoed the... Um, Republican passed bill? What's it called when you take the baby cells and you help? Oh, stem, stem cells. Cell yes. Yes. God That's forbid we should have that. Yes. Yeah. Boy, that was a whole thing. The guy comes in like the mayor of Munchkin City when he holds a document from the president and he walks in and he says, Madam Speaker, <laughs> a message from the President of the United States. <laughs> and then it Sounds like a Laugh Olympics character. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole big ceremony on behalf of the executive branch. <laughs> I therefore beseech. As he puts his hands underneath his imaginary suspenders. <laughs> ring a bell and they, uh, they do all the... All, sorry, it's all protocol. We have to do this. We have to have a page boy from the 1800s come in because we're so... We have to, that's we the process. Represent the congressional <laughs> yeah. minority. Yeah. Where's that town crier? It's always the way we've done it. We've always done it this way. So, yeah. Oh my god. And you know, to this what's ridiculous? My roommate just had stem cells, and this is the miracle cure. By the way, yeah, they have invented the injected in you, and it's fixed. They've invented it. Can't have it because of Jesus. Okay, right. Jesus. And if there's one thing we know <laughs> about Jesus, it's that when he was working with stem cells, right. oh, okay, maybe he didn't work with stem cells, but you see my point. Yeah. Or you see their point. He's into miracles from last He's I heard about Jesus. He's into miracles, that's what I've heard. Yeah. Yes, miracle cure, too close to Jesus. But evidently, they, they, they can't take... Uh, unlike South Park, where Christopher Reeve cracks open a baby and drinks it. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> which is which is their great comment. That's that. the South Park that came out the week that Bill yeah. got vetoed, probably. <laughs> because that's literally what people were thinking was like, oh, stem cells. No, no, no. You can take any of your own cells and make them stem cells. They they centrifuge them or whatever. They <laughs> boil it with monkey cum or whatever. <laughs> quote brain candy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, but they can, but they can only centrifuge it so far because at some point the cent- I mean think about this I just took your blood I put it in a centrifuge but if I centrifuge it too long Jesus won't like it because I will have made life right but it's a fucking miracle cure whatever is wrong with you right now it fixes it's crazy so I don't know so veto that shit yeah right veto that why shit. don't you stop him Drew the fuck man? yeah come on man <laughs> you're right I'm I'm so you know what. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah. Get over there and talk to Gingrich. Hey, Gingrich, stop writing your book about... <laughs> I just am shocked he had to pay for pizza. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not he, shocked he was getting pizza, the though. ATM, yeah. Not shocked he was getting pizza. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, look who's lined up for pizza. Welcome to Washington. <laughs> On my first day in Washington, I get to watch Newt Gingrich eat. Oh, when God, I don't send you right back to Chicago. <laughs> he shook my hand, and his giant shack hand oh. swallowed my hand. He oh. said, I hope you're working for a Republican. Mm. And I had to say, it was very nice meeting you. <laughs> well, you were not. I was working for uh, the Honorable Loretta Sanchez in the California 47th. Oh. Which is the same district that they are fighting for on the West Wing, season four. Oh, really? Yep. <laughs> oh. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Very cool. At least you have a television reference. Mix of Except right. they got it wrong, because she represents Garden Grove, and the West Wing was on the beach. It's false. So who did... No. You ever watch Jack... Uh, Bauer drive around LA. They take oh. liberties. <laughs> <laughs> he goes from San Pedro to North Hollywood in six seconds. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so let's get back to Fullerton, yeah, California, where this improv improv show happens. Sorry. I find LA is so hard to get an audience. Like you go down oh, to Hollywood and you like, oh, struggle, sucks. and you get fifteen to twenty people to yeah. show up for your show. Really is there not a lot of competition for for entertainment? Today? Actually, the only other big improv competition is about a half mile from our theater, oh, okay. uh, which is the Spectacles Improv Engine, and they're structured a lot more like um, a UCB or an IO, where they have 
a dozen different teams okay. who uh, do a different show every night. We have our same stable of 20 players, and we do the same uh, short-form style show every Friday and Saturday night. We mm-hmm. we change up the games, make sure we don't do uh, the same game two days in a row or even two weekends in a row. And we're always making up new games. But our whole thing is that we're irreverent. We don't take improv that seriously. Um, we we abide by the rules in order to throw the rules away. Mm-hmm. Um, and we treat our audience well. And we've also been around for 12 years. And that's a big difference is that most improv troops or improv groups are like rock bands. Like they'll be active for a year and then someone moves away and then yeah. you lose the lease on your theater or whatever and you know you dissolve. It's very, very common with improv troops. I've been through 15 different improv troops that do that within the first month. You know, you want to do a show and then someone gets pregnant, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. But we have just been gaining members over the years. We have great management in uh, me and Nate uh, who run the thing and now we're doing That's stuff cool. outside of our theater which is... Our ultimate goal. Our, our ultimate goal is to say we want to quit our day jobs and just do this. I tell and you. one of those things is a, is a contract with Disney Cruise Line, right? Holy mackerel. Yeah. That's wonderful. This is the best, man. Yeah. I was a stage manager for Disney Cruise Line for a while. Oh, wow. Uh, and this is just ten times better because I'm a guest. I'm, oh. I'm a guest in the ship. And we get guest uh, lodgings and the restaurants, the whole thing. Oh, my and God. Uh, one family show, one adult show, so two half-hour shows, and that's it. And you're on a cruise for a month. And we're on a cruise. Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh. Um, and Disney is funny because we started out so clean. We started out, you know, kindergarten squeaky clean. And every show since then, the audience has just been begging us to get dirtier and dirtier and dirtier. And we found our line. Last cruise, mm. we found that soft PG-13 into a hard R yeah. uh, line, and that's exactly where they want you to be in the show. And we got a call, and I thought after the show, we're, f- we're fired. Like There were so many dick jokes. <laughs> uh-huh. We didn't make them. The audience made them in their suggestions and uh-huh. all, all that kind of stuff, but then we had to incorporate them. So we don't so we don't ever say F-bomb, S-bomb, GD. Yeah. We don't ever say... It's all entendre, right? Dick vagina, but it's all referencing the audience. Mm-hmm. And they get a giant kick out of it, and we got a phone call from Disney after we got back. I thought it was going to be thank you so much. <laughs> wow. And it was, hey, wonderful show. Can't wait to have you back. Oh, it's awesome. So that's great. Hot damn. So is this regularly a, a troop going out from the 20 people you have on roster? You know, we have about 10 people who are really great for the cruise line. Um, there are certain people who just uh, we can't send because of Disney look regions reasons. Like there's some people who have enormous giant beards that you know <laughs> water drips down them like a fall, or people who are scraggly, or people who have tattoos, or uh, their best human. You know, th- every improviser has different you know. Uh, Strengths and weaknesses. And some people's strengths is how foul they can be. Or maybe it's a slow burn. Maybe it's someone who specializes more in long form and really taking your time. But with half an hour to do a short form show, yeah. you got to drop it right away and get into it. So there are 10 people who are really good for it. And we hope to do more cruise lines, different cruise lines, next year and send everybody out. That's cool. Yeah. There oh, is one great. cool thing that, that caps every show, except for this summer. I think it's a little different uh, at Improv Schmimprov. And it's something called the Game of Matic. And uh, it's it's a new game made up on the spot and played right away. Oh, <coughs> that's cool. cool. So the audience gets to choose oh, from six options yeah. based on the suggestion given to the, the players. So Like a, a freeze tag. Like, a, yeah. like I would uh, look at your shirt. It says Novacore. Novacore would be the suggestion. You have to come up with a game okay. that is that. 
So you can't cheat because we always get usually a pair of initials from the audience. Okay. So we'll say, sir, what's your name? NSC. All right, great. So here's how my game No Screaming Children works. And then okay. you explain it and pitch it. And we do that on the Every ship. Every time a child screams, you freeze or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, create yeah. these rules. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. And uh, usually <laughs> if there's a game that involves uh, you know, drinking or pain from one of the players, uh, that will usually win almost every time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's a... It's I miss a, games. Yeah. Like that's, that's this whole show is games. Yeah, yeah. You know, so and again, I I'm, I was recently in that man. I'd like to do improv again, and I contacted some people from my past to get together and put it again. It just never happened. So I'm like, you know, screw it. I'm going to go down and audition. So now it's worth that drive again to go down there and have a full house waiting. And you and oh, I have a so show cool. together in a couple of weeks, and I am so stoked. I was going to go see my parents that day, and I said, you know what? I have a show with Paul. I'm staying around. Oh, sorry, mom and dad. Oh, I don't have nine to five that day, do I? You better not. <laughs> I might. <laughs> Guys, take it up when the audience Damn isn't it, listening. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> take it up after the show. <laughs> You're just like your mother, Paul. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, uh, let's get our schedule down while the audience is listening. All right. <laughs> yeah. But that's cool. No, so Paul is performing well. In the well, I think both of us got to skip the Improv Idol, right? Improv yeah. Idol was a way that Improv from Improv selected oh. future players to be I in their see. troupe. So like... 100 people come out, we keep the top 10, yeah. and then the audience will vote after seeing a show it, it's just those people. That's the mistake. Mm. Never let America choose. Oh. Anything. <laughs> you, mean, you, mean, you mean like don't deny, oh, stay in the present, like all those improv rules, if they break that, like boom, you're gone. No, it's pure audience vote. Yeah. Um, and so we were looking at the, the situation, and the last time we had a big audition, we had a lot of people come out, and we said, we don't even want these people in Idol, because if one of these people has to be in our troupe, our troop might not be <laughs> headed in the direction that we're yeah, looking for. Gotcha. So after that audition, we said, well, it was, you know, probably 15 people plus Paul. We said, well, Paul's the only one really that we would like to keep for a while and try him out. So we said, let's just take Paul and forget Idol. And went, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. But Improv Idol is a great game to have your audience think they're playing. No. <laughs> Increase those bar sales. Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, never. That's just, cool. I miss improv. I, I think now. Where is yours located? Again? We're in downtown Fullerton. Downtown yeah, Fullerton. So you got to yeah. head down to five from uh, yeah. Burbank. A good forty-five minutes yeah. plus. Uh, you know, depending I, on traffic. My th I think my dream is to move back to Cincinnati and rule the improv scene, which doesn't exist at all there right now. But, you would you know? be the king, right? I mean, I you know, ten years of improv training in Chicago and whatever we've been doing here that you call comedy, and yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, I go back to Cincinnati or, or Dayton, I, I would rule the improv scene, which doesn't exist right now. I don't, not that I know of <laughs> the Dayton improv scene. I haven't heard much. About I don't that. think the Dayton improv scene exists. I think I could rock it. <laughs> I could rule. You're probably not indie enough to know about it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Drew. True. Let's ask you the question we ask everybody yeah. who comes on the show. What is your favorite movie of all time? Oh. Jurassic Park. Oh. Nice. Yeah. That's a good one. That is a good one. How if, great was that movie? So God. good. God, when you saw it that first time, like this, just it just was everything entertainment. I that. saw it three times in theaters as a kid, and then I had kind of always liked it. And yeah. then it was like three or four years ago, I was working for the cruise line, and it was on TV, and I just didn't leave the room. Oh, just, like I just watched it over and over yeah. again, and I went, oh, "This, this is so good. This holds up, and the CGI is so much better." It is. So much better. Maybe yeah. I saw an article about that recently. Uh, someone that's going out there, it's gotten viral. It was actually a video um, with an article attached to it. So you read and the whole big treatise about how the combination of the dinosaurs being computer generated with yeah. real footage of Hawaii, 
made that look great. Mm-hmm. Now they'll just create everything from nothing to be actors in front of a green screen. They said yeah. it's more effective the earlier way. Having that mix of practical special effects with the spattering Certainly. of CGI yeah. makes it look so much better. Like that that scene in the kitchen when you have 90% mm-hmm. practical yeah. raptor suit and 10% CGI, unbelievable. But and if I- that whole kitchen was CGI... This is not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think it goes back to a little bit to what made Jaws so good was that the fact that the shark didn't work most of the time, if you yeah. know the stories from that right. set, led to the movie we love today. They had to do so many other things to create suspense. They had to do so yeah. many other things with the barrels, and they had to do... And then they, when they didn't have time, then they had the Indianapolis conversation that they could overshoot because the shark wasn't working that... You know, that sort of thing. So I think of, like, that kitchen in Jurassic Park, which is all practical, yeah. except for, you know, a couple shots of, of the dinosaurs. Yeah. You know, the fact that you had to go in, you had to light that, you had to work that, you had to, yeah. you had to think about that a lot. Instead of having a guy at a computer think about that for you, you know. Mm-hmm. No, you had to remain the director. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know, a lot of times, by the time shit gets into special effects, director's long gone. He's on his next project. I know. Yeah. He's not hanging out with the S. No, the VFX guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, you know, Jurassic Park was such a a. Cla- I'm a big fan of pop. I, I don't think pop is as easy as everyone acts like it is. Yeah. People people always act like, well, you know, everybody has the option to hit the button to make a multi-million dollar sequel, but they choose not to because of art. You know, like, no, it's that's hard too. That's hard to entertain an audience. But like Spielberg, who had gone on to, you know, always in color purple and he, yeah. he had this very serious phase, just came back to classic Jaws, you know, yeah. uh, uh, Spielberg and was like, all right, I'm going to show you I can really rock this out. And he really rocks it out. And you know what his his film after that was? Oh, Shit Schindler's List. List. Yeah. yeah. That's a one-two punch. Yeah. No. Same kidding, year. That's man. a year unlike many. I mean, that was... My, my, uh, so far, my number one bucket list already, already scratched off. Went to uh, Kualoa Ranch on Oahu, which is the big slough where Grant, Tim, and Lex are evading the herd. Oh, really? Yeah. And the log is still there. Oh, wow. Oh, really? Nice. Still there. Still in the same place. So you can go to that same field, huh? Yeah. Oh, that is cool. Is it a tour out there? Did someone get you in a Jeep and you go out? Or yeah, just, yeah. You, you um, tour. Uh, There's a few locations, right? Kualo Ranch is like the Hawaiian movie site that's not on uh, Kauai. Kauai is where they filmed most of um, most of Jurassic Park, but uh, due to a storm, they had to go to uh, Oahu for that last scene. Mm. Um, but uh, Lost is filmed there. Godzilla is filmed there. Uh, most anything tropical or that is set in Hawaii is only on that island. Okay. Yeah. And it's so famous that the Doritos named their their flavor after it, right? Mmm. Cooler. Stupid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Damn <Wow>. it. <laughs> Thank you. I hey, know look, Bart's, Bart, not, Bart's here. not here. Bart's not here. <laughs> so it's somebody to step in. So I appreciate that. You know, that tosses around in my brain a long time before I decide to go with it. <laughs> you know? You're a good really? man for considering it. <laughs> Should have left it on the map. That was, uh, if, if timing were different, that might be my favorite movie. But, uh, you know, I'm a little older, so yeah, Ra- Raiders. But uh, Raiders of oh. Lost Ark. But when Jurassic Park came out, I knew so much that it was a return to form for yeah. Spielberg. Yeah. I saw yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. six times in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. And countless times elsewhere. And recently, uh, so I guess I got to say seven because I saw the 3D re release. Oh. oh, I did too. Yeah. I almost lost my job. I almost lost my job. Whoa. <laughs> I was working for the cruise ship, and it came out 3D re-release. I said, well, there, I, I can't not see it. I know. So we reported in Miami, and I found the only 10 a.m. showing no. of the film, and I took a taxi half hour away from the port to the oh, only theater geez. in Miami showing it. And once it. the boat leaves, so, you left. So I said, 
I said, look, yeah, taxi cab, I'm going to leave this movie early. So, so I ducked out of Jurassic Park maybe half an hour before the film ended just to make sure uh-huh. I got back on the ship. And the cab company could not have cared less about our agreement. They took off and I called and they said, oh, yeah, someone's coming. Half hour later, no one's coming. Oh half hour later, no one's coming. And I'm like, the ship is leaving in an hour. If I'm not on it, I'm fired. Uh-huh. So I go to the hotel and I say, how much to take me from your fancy hotel to a cruise ship uh, half an hour away. They said $100. I said, fine, take me there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Still worth it. Yeah. No, no Uber? No Uber back then. <laughs> no, not then. I, uh, just for, because the, the, my favorite thing is when the sequel comes out in theaters, you get to watch all the original movies, you know, yeah. for, for Avengers, you know, I led yeah. up with that and now I get to do the same thing for Ant-Man, but yeah, Jurassic Park and I just watched all of the Terminator movies. That's Terminator, Terminator 2 and Terminator Salvation. I watched all of them. Yeah. And then I went to the theater, uh, but uh, um, the, but for Jurassic Park, I hadn't seen the 3D, and we I was house sitting at a place with the 3D TV, so I bought the no Blu-ray. Way. I bought the Blu-ray with the 3D, and got to watch it. How now I own it? <laughs> how good does that car in the tree look in 3D? Yeah, my God, right? that looked great. Yeah, that that's uh, yeah, and that, that's all that classic like Spielberg suspense and all yeah. that stuff. God, it's him having fun. It's so so. And the last time, maybe I think. Oh, you mentioned Terminator, so let's get on to. What did you see this week? Because I know you saw the latest Terminator. I did. Terminator Abacab. Uh, How was Khaleesi? Khaleesi? Yeah. Who's Khaleesi? Again, we've established ourselves on the show as not watching Game of Thrones. Oh, I was going to say, that's a Game of Thrones reference. I don't know. Not sure who the new Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. Is, is oh, the new Sarah Connor. Yeah. yeah, she's boy. They really cast someone that looked a whole lot of her in various facial features yeah. because I, much like Kyle Reese in the future, studying that picture of Sarah Connor taken in the Jeep, I have studied her face quite a bit as a youth. <laughs> gross. Uh, mm, <laughs> grosser was I twelve? Be grosser. <laughs> grosser was I twelve? And were her boobs in Terminator? Uh, <laughs> or perhaps younger than that? But either way, boobs. But but uh, uh, no, she really looks a lot like her. The only problem is she doesn't give you the same charge that uh, Terminator 2 Linda Hamilton gives yeah. you. And there's even a few jokes predicated on that where it's like, well, what should we do? And she fucking blows him away because she's Sarah Connor and yeah. we've seen her in T2 be a badass. And and you're like, oh, I love that they did that Sarah Connor joke, except she, you know, she looks a little frail, a little, yeah. you know. Uh, meek, but they love to reboot young. It's weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but the face. I mean, just her lips are exactly like her. Her eyes are very close to her and stuff. Her face mm. and everything like that. Yeah, I mean, there, and there's there was a couple big close up stuff. I'm like, wow, she kind of looks remarkably like Linda Hamilton. They really did kind of find uh, someone who looked like her. So Terminator. My review is that this movie wants to be a Terminator movie in so much that it's admirable. It's really cool how much this movie just enjoys being a Terminator movie and is being more Terminator movie than any other Terminator movie has been before. For example, there's a Terminator movie somewhere in between Terminator 2 and Terminator Salvation that I'm not sure I need to recognize, but it uh, uh, has a female Terminator, I think, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. the only difference. Rise of the Machines. Oh, oh is that I'm what here it's for called? You. Is that what it's called? Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, but it, that one didn't... By now, though, they, they just screwed with the time... 
continuum? Well, yes, they have. And and do they deal with that? Well, yes, that's the whole movie is them dealing with the the. I mean, there's jokes made it as, as, and its expense as well. The very first thing that and we all know Arnold's in the movie, of right. course. It would be fun to go in not knowing that because they reenact the opening of the original Terminator. You you know this right? right. Precisely. I didn't know. That. Well, and I had just watched Terminator four or five times before I went to go see this, and Terminator two four or five times because I'm just love those movies. I just forgot how much I love those movies. I hadn't watched them in years. So Does it yes. start in the streets of L.A. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, no, no. Actually, st- this is the cool thing, and I've always wanted to see the future, the other side of that transaction. So in Terminator 1, term- in 1984, we see Schwarzenegger come to Griffith's Observatory. We see Kyle Reese fall on the... And, and the great thing is, this is my grand treatise on the Terminators here, is that there's only a certain amount of information revealed to us, right? Yeah. We don't even know until the moment where the Terminator shoots at Sarah Connor which one's out to kill her. Or if they're both out to kill her. We don't know. They're just men looking up her name in phone books and stalking her. Now, one of them we see, Arnold, we see him, you know, Sarah Connor, and the, yes, and then he kicks open the door and kills her, right? So we go, oh, that guy's killing Sarah Connors, but we just saw this other guy look up Sarah Connor, and he's after her, and he's got a shotgun. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of play like that. And even once we realize, okay, Kyle's here to save her, but then he has to convince her, and then you very slowly get into the fact that that's a robot you don't even realize that's a robot so the way james cameron unveils information is very very masterful and uh and i i don't think he gets enough credit for that uh in terminator 2 based on an assumption we now know this is the guy that's out to kill sarah connor now you find out from the poster and the trailer unfortunately that he's a good guy but if you if whenever you watch terminator 2 and you remind yourself i don't know that like to enjoy the game again of the movie if you don't know that this, it's a way more fun movie because you see Arnold Schwarzenegger and you go, oh, here he comes to kill her again. You see the young skinny guy who's now dressed like a cop and you go, oh, that's the guy that's going to save her. You know, but you know, but they, they, they do the old switcheroo because the uh, T-1000 is the Porsche of... Uh, of uh, <laughs> James Cameron, you're right. He doesn't get enough credit for the old switcheroo. No, no. <laughs> the old switcheroo. Yeah. Although I can ask his ask wife. Maybe he's good at it. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so this movie, it deals with... I mean, it's actually almost a terrible decision, except they just have so much fun with it. The time travel element. Time travel is all over this one. Time travel is used once in all the others. Yeah. You know, something comes through and then a movie happens. This one, it's like, nope, we're jumping to here. We're jumping to there because they have that. And now we know about that. And that was my point about Terminator 1 and 2 is that there's a reveal of information in those that makes the game fun. Well, we know everything now. So, so you know, this movie starts in the future as John Connor. This is the night they're going to go kill Skynet. And they say, but they've got one final offensive. As soon as they realize we're going to destroy Skynet, they're going to use this machine we just discovered, the time displacement machine, to kill you. So it's like it's done from a military tactical point of view, yeah. which is so smart from the computers when you realize when you're a little more in the war on it. They're like, oh, well, that's a pretty good idea. Like if you're a computer, you're like, well, that's pretty efficient to go ahead and just kill the guy. So you see all that from that point of view. They redo precisely Terminator 1 uh, from the beginning of it. And and what's cool is there's, and I watched T1 over and over, there's this amazing close-up of Arnold's face when he first gets to us. And, like, and they did it completely digitally, but it looks masterful. It's <laughs> really, really cool. And then, yes, and then we just start, it just goes balls nuts. I mean, just don't try and take it too seriously. Don't tr- Just enjoy the time travel. Just enjoy the fact that all so you the- liked it. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, all the other Terminator movies have happened, and this movie knows that more than you. I was preparing for you to say it went off the rails. Do I have had to have seen 
Rise of the Machines and Salvation to enjoy this film. I've not heard of that first one you mentioned, but uh, <laughs> no, no, neither. No, neither. Uh, no, no, neither. You won't break through. Drew. No, neither. Just T1 and T2. I mean, the movie basically dismisses the other two. Super. Yeah. Salvation didn't do much to like wreck with... Uh, Oh, that's a fun movie. I like that. That, that movie. was all future. It didn't really do yeah. much to wreck with time, yeah, and, so and, you can't do too much. I know, and, th- and that's a movie I've always wanted to see too. It's like oh, I kind of like to see a movie that's all in that future yeah. timeline. So that, that's what's fun about Salvation. It falls apart in a few ways or whatever, but uh, and this one definitely falls apart in other ways too. But I mean, it just once it's, it's it's like I say about you know once Batman slides down the dinosaur's tail and says hiya freeze on Batman. I mean, I don't know if the movie owes me anything. Like this movie just new words bread is buttered. You know, it's like all right, there's there's an Arnold coming to attack the Arnold from 1984, you know. I think all, all bets are off, right? Yeah. All, right, all have, bets are off. I have more questions, but I don't want them to be answered. I, I want them to be answered by the movie. So okay. I'm going to move on to, because I know you saw the documentary too. Oh, Superman Lives. Yeah. What happened? Oh, you did see it. Yes. Goodness, tell this, me everything. You're right. Oh, geez, I wouldn't have went on for Terminator so long <laughs> if, I, if I realized. Because I. Well, anyway, I can sum this one up quick. A, see it if you're interested. Yeah. And, I this mean, is, this is the death of Superman Lives. The death what of happened? Superman Lives. This was a Tim Burton film, right? It is not. It's no, no. John Schnepp. Okay, yes. The Superman Lives was going yeah. to be a Tim Burton film. Yes, this is 1997, uh, 98. And uh, yeah, it was the famous, and at the time, you know, as a huge superhero fan, first of all, I love this documentary, but uh, I know this era very well. I know all these rumors very well. I followed it at the time. You know why? Because there was no superhero movies going to be released that entire year. You know, that that's like just mo- superhero movies didn't come out every year at that time. Or at least you get one, you know. Here's your phantom. Have, have a good year. Uh, but so so following these rumors. Enjoy the shadow. Sorry, Marvel's the, not doing anything. Yeah, now. yeah. Enjoy <laughs> the shadow. Marvel's in bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll make Blade, who you won't even realize is a Marvel movie for several years. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, so so yes, they were making a Superman Lives. This is going to be a huge production. This is all the producers from Batman. This is Tim Burton. This is Nicolas Cage, who now... The, the fascination about Superman Lives is at a height because because uh, uh, Nicolas Cage is a major pop reference now. He's yeah. being spray-painted by Banksy on shit. I mean, he's, like, he's a big pop reference now. So that is even more fascinating yeah. than it used to be. And uh, this guy uncovered everything everything every production picture every model tim burton models made from tim burton's drawings that were going to be the basis for for you know uh, puppets and stuff like that and they finally got down to the piece de resistance which was an action he called the holy grail and and was it ever the costume test with tim burton and and nicholas cage walking around in a superman costume with them just ideating i mean they're months away from shooting they're just working stuff out so they're just ideating you know, getting ideas on on the thing oh and, and yeah and this and this and just hearing this creative process while he's dressed like superman in a pretty good superman suit is really really cool was it made of basketball no it no. was back when they made it out of batman oh, <laughs> whatever <so>. batman the <laughs> uh one was made and the best thing and and i just ever if 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 this has intrigued you as our audience go see it oh my god it's it's at the 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 details and again i'm an obsessive on superheroes and especially live action superheroes as anybody who listens to the show, the show knows the level of details that he hit that were important to hit to set the context to set uh, so many things was just so cool because it's like 
I could get disappointed easily in a lack of facts because I just know a lot about the subject matter. And he just kept me intrigued. Wow. And it was really, really cool. It's a really rewarding documentary. Uh, it's on Blu-ray. I'm going to try and get him on the show. Uh, and it's on Blu-ray uh, for 30 bucks, eight hours of bonus footage. So I am all wow. the hell over that. Jeez. And one last thing I will mention, the most intriguing part, which I never thought about was they did a costume test for Clark Kent. I never thought about his Clark Kent. How funny. They did a costume test, and he was going kind of, uh, I mean, Nicolas Cage we know has a lot of range. We don't see it much these days, but if, if we were fans of Earth Girls Are Easy, or, or not Earth Girls, uh, um, Valley Girl? Valley Girl, <laughs> yeah. or, or, you know, you know, I mean, his geek phase, too, yeah. and Moonstruck, and, you know, he was a geek. Uh, he was playing that geek as Clark Kent. He was kind of geeking it up, and it was like, and you saw that old Nicolas Cage as the Clark Kent, and it was, and they just play with it just a little bit, but you're like, ah, this is intriguing. Hmm. I mean, what if? Now we are in the age of Kickstarter. Let's get this movie made. I, I am going to. Uh, I want to start a petition. I want to see this movie. Oh, wait till you see it, Paul. With Nicholas Cage. You cr- yeah, and Tim Burton. Paul, you cringe. You still want the both. No, Burton wants to make it, from what I've heard. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Once you see this, everybody will want to see it made, especially now. Nicholas Do you? Cage, can you figure out what movie he would not have been able to make if he'd made that movie? Tim Burton? No. Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Oh, what was the next movie? I don't know. Leaving Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. That would have prevented Leaving Las Vegas? Yeah. Ooh. So he wouldn't have got his Oscar. Boom. All right, well, on to you. What did you see? Do you anything? Ready? On the airplane from Florida. Okay. I saw Draft Day. Oh, yes. Draft Day. Oh, I saw Costner. that in the theater. Yeah, Costner. which then I watched again when I got home. Because man, oh man, is it a fun movie! Is Holy it, mackerel, it's fun. Is it is it Costner fun? Like, is he kind of? Uh, he has gotten so much better for me. Like, yeah. the, the older he gets in in this in this act three of his career, yeah, yeah. I love him yeah. so much. And th- it it's it's not a powerful movie. It's not a moving movie. Doesn't need to be right. But yeah. boy, is it a great examination into what a general manager actually does yeah. for a football team. Cool, unbelievable. And I didn't realize Ivan Reitman. Huh. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ivan Reitman. He knows how to direct a comedy. Who would say? Who would say he doesn't? <laughs> yeah, I was very uh, made it on my top twenty films. Really? What of all time? Of all time. What? Because wow. oh, we are of different minds on this. Movie. Part of my criteria. Oh, okay. You didn't have fun. Didn't have, like, be, didn't have fun. Because part of my criteria for a top twenty film mm-hmm. is if it's on TV, I won't turn it off. Well, oh, yeah. Okay. We we often when people are in here struggling to come up with their favorite. That's a movie good yeah. criteria. Yeah. We yeah. throw that criteria at them. Yeah. 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 That's a good criteria. Well, I mean, I have to imagine there's a, there's a, a, a romp to be had with uh, Ivan Reitman directing Kevin Costner. Now, now, did you see any Ivan Reitman-ness in this uh, Kevin Costner? Yeah. Okay. Chadwick Boseman is my favorite part of that movie. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who Black Panther? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From Marvel's Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. he was yes. cool. Um, I saw one of my favorite films of this year. What's that? Love and Mercy. Oh, tell me all Thank about you, it. Movie this is Pass. the Beach Boys, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, and yeah. because of Movie Pass, I will end up seeing this because the word of mouth is huge on on this one. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, talk about your summer movie that fits in between the other big blockbusters that is aimed for a different audience. Well, I feel like rock and roll. But it's like got I legs. Do. I love what the. It's about John Cusack as older Brian Wilson dealing okay. with the medications yeah. of an overbearing doctor mm-hmm. and falling in love with a woman who wants to see what's really going on with his uh, mental situation. And then younger Brian Wilson, played by Paul Dano, who's excellent, Mm. creating Pet Sounds, the classic Beach Boys album. Uh, While the rest of the Beach Boys goes on tour, he's like, you go on tour without me. I have this album in my head. I'm going to make it come out in the theater, in the studio. And all those studio scenes are awesome. And it's just him, right? 
My fr- I mean, he just he made this Beach Boys album himself. Yeah, right? they all come back okay. and they add the vocals, and they're a little perturbed by that. They're like, well, "What? You know, this is like your album. We're just adding to so this." But he's a genius too, and it's considered the greatest album the Beach Boys ever put out. Yeah, yeah, yeah my friend just, just played this movie. for me. It is a great album. Yeah, and it plays all this stuff out really well with good actors. Oh, Paul cool. Giamatti, of course, you you know, Solid. any sort of seal of approval Howard? for a movie. Yeah. WNBC. No, you're not saying it's just quite right, Howard. I don't know. I hear <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. I'm hearing it. <laughs> Um, but he is—he uh, plays the doctor, and he's really a, a big asshole. And Elizabeth Banks is ungodly beautiful, mm-hmm. and she's got chops. You know, I don't yeah. know if I would have pulled her as first choice to be yeah. in this drama. She's very good. I confuse her with other actresses. Was she uh, in Zack and Mary make a porno? Yes. Okay. Was she Lois Lane in the Brian Singer Superman? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that was uh, the Blue Cross chick, whatever yeah, her name is. Yeah, yeah. Kate, Kate uh, Bosworth? No. Beckins Kate Bosworth. Beckinsworth. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, recommend that highly. I also made it out to see Dope. Sorry I didn't call you at the last oh, minute. Hey, okay, I got a cool. movie pass. Boom, went to see Dope. Oh, cool. Dope is great. Ah, I can't. I'm, okay, yes. I'm, I'm excited to see that. Yes. Very, very funny uh, movie from uh, the guy who made Brown Sugar. Uh, yeah. It's it's a great movie in that it shows the young guy. We, t- we previewed it on the show. Mm-hmm. A uh, young guy who's kind of a nerd in Inglewood in an area called The Bottoms. Plays out like a John Hughes movie, but also has plenty of Hughes brothers. Ah, you know, so it's like a huge element of John danger. Hughes brothers, that, I like it. A huge element of danger that they have fun yeah. in. Yeah. You know, they still have fun, even though you know, people are getting shot. They People yeah. go into parties and just start shooting the place Interesting up. Interesting atmosphere, yeah. Yeah, and he wants to get out, this young kid, because he thinks the whole life of an inner city youth is cliche. Yeah. And the movie <laughs> shares that same... You know, aspect and plays it out as such. Uh, where it's very funny in the beginning, kind of goes into a huge drug dealing plot the second half. Yeah, because they go to the concert. The uh, they go to well, uh, he ends up with some drugs in his backpack he didn't know, and then people need it. And it, actually, that's still kind of funny because who needs it and who wants it? But then, and then it gets a little dangerous. Then it becomes a whole how to get rid of the drugs story. Coachella, and, right? And that's interesting, but uh, it, not quite as interesting as fun as, as the first part. The first part's kind of more funny and loose. But then the payoff at the end is outstanding. Oh, so nice. the whole cool. the whole thing as a whole totally works. And you know what it feels like to me watching it? It feels like me it feels like a classic nineties indie. I mean, yeah. I know it was somewhat indie, and I think it's independent money and it won obviously it won it won at Sundance. It won yeah. the big prize, which is the money. The money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and I have to talk talk quickly about a, an event I hosted over at Pineapple Hill, which is a bar Here? in Pineapple Hill. Oh. I'm there all the time. Yeah, over at Pineapple Ice. Hill. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great bar. Um, Oh. Um, it's just a bar, but it's one you can talk in. Oh, okay. Like, okay, the, even if they're playing music, you can still hear the people at I the, to date across myself, the table but, from yeah. you. I, I'm of an age where I like to not have to scream at a bar. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Not Sorry, I'm at that age. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's a real hangout. It's, okay. It's cool. And that's where they decided to have a meeting of the Gridiron Heroes. So gridironheroes.org. It's You're a wearing cause. a shirt here. I'm wearing their shirt. Yes. Yeah, uh, oh, it's wow. for people who play high school football, and get a spinal cord injury that oh, just takes them out for life as far as walking <sighs> yeah. around From high again. school? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, I mean, it happened wow. enough times to where this group has been formed okay. to help these kids out. In fact, at this event I was at, I met a bunch of people who were you know, in, traveling in a wheelchair because they played high school football, and it will be the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. But this organization is giving a wheelchair-accessible van to one of these kids at that event. Get oh, wow. out. That's great. So it's a huge charity that, that is very pointed and specific in who it helps. Yeah. It just helps these kids. And they get all sorts of backing. Like they were featured on CNN's Heroes with Kurt Warner, you know, got behind yeah. them. And, um, and other celebrities 
come up and pick up the cause. I, I think Joe Theismann has been involved. And Peter Berg, here's where it comes back in the movie, guys. Peter Berg uh, got involved with them, too, and yeah. has helped their cause through Friday Night Lights and the whole thing like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, to where now there is a documentary. So I just wanted to guide everyone to gridironheroes.org. Okay. And we'll let uh, one of the um, producers, uh, Israel Sanchez, talk about the doc. So the Gridiron Hero documentary, The Hill That Chris Climbed, is a documentary showing uh, what Chris and, and a bunch of these other injured athletes go through on a day-to-day basis. Um, I was fortunate to go along and film a lot of the stuff for the documentary and also uh, help raise some financing for it. And we hope to have the documentary out sometime this fall. Uh, our director, Andy Lauer, has been, has been putting together the, uh, the whole uh, distribution deal along with some other friends. So it's been going on for a while, and that's why I want to direct people to gridironheroes.org to see maybe what you can do if you're interested, if this is a cause that's important to you, to help finish the film and get it out there. Because, again, I think it's been going on for a while. They put it together. You know, every film needs completion funds yeah. and some sort yeah. of financial push to where everyone can see it. You hosted the event? So I've made a few announcements and stuff and basically okay. wandered around and met a bunch cool. of people and kind of uh, you know, acted as movie guys because the movie is the next thing, I think, for these guys right around the corner yeah. in getting the word out about what they do. Mm, so, good on you. Yeah, yeah. good on them. So I'm happy to, to jump into something You're a good like host. Uh, you know, as, we, as this show will. Uh, <laughs> people will know if they listen to this Well, show. any good host knows when it's over. We're done. <laughs> uh, we, we were going to do a best of 2015, but, uh, you know. We ran long because I talked twice. We ran long because I talked twice. But that does uh, wrap another movie <laughs> showcast. Together with, the, uh, in, together with the movie guys. Individually, hey. we are Paul Adam Preston. Witt. And uh, you can follow us at Twitter at The Movie Guys for daily jokes and links. Also on Facebook.com slash The Movie Guys, as well as iTunes, Vimeo, YouTube, Funny or Die, SoundCloud, Vine, Instagram, LinkedIn. All that shit. Thanks to Drew Boudreaux, everybody. Hey, buddy. Stop it. I'm just one man doing my job. <laughs> There's four people in here. The applause I know. That applause fuller. sounds so much more fun. I'm sorry. Where can we find you? What are we looking for? Um, you can find me doing Improv Shimprov every single Friday and Saturday night at the Maverick Theater. And that's ImprovShimprov.com. ImprovShimprov.com or simply Shimprov.com. Huh? I will also I be- imagine that wasn't taken. I will also be hosting every single Thursday night for the entire year over at uh, Joe's Bar and Grill in downtown Fullerton, hosting the best wildest bingo of your life. Oh, really? Oh, I saw something about that. You do it like you do it up, right? Is it a crazy bingo? Uh, I am friends with Donnie Casino. When I put my gold jacket on, I become Donnie Casino, (laughs) and uh, we just have a great time. Uh, Nice, Donnie Casino. That's just a fantastic (laughs) thing. I thought so. Uh, Karen is off at an audition with the Boubé sisters, so go to the Boubé. Sisters, B O O B E, sisters.com. Find out what they're up to next. And uh, KarenVolpe.com, DigitalMindProductions.com. All of our crazy plugs are out there for you to enjoy. And also, thanks to Steve Schultz for his writing contributions to the show every week. Yes, sir. And as always, we're every, we owe everything, really, to Pat Peach. Well, of course. I and next week, uh, next week, he's booked. We're, ho- we're hoping uh, his busy crossed. schedule doesn't derail that. But next week's guest should be the great Doug Jones. Doug so, Jones, please. the Silver Surfer. Yes. Uh, Abe and Sapien. Abe Sapien. And, and whatever the hell thing oh he was in God. Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, uh, But join us then. So long. Yeah.